Hello and welcome to Madison Church. My name is Stephen. I'm lead pastor here. And whether you're joining us on Sunday at our online gathering or you're watching on YouTube later or listening to the podcast, I just want to say on behalf of everyone in our community, we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, And I'm going to begin today by sharing something with you that I think you're going to find really funny. I mean, guys, I found it really really funny. I I saw this meme uh, this week in preparation for the talk today, and it made me laugh just so hard. It's actually embarrassing how funny I think this is. Um, And here is this tweet. I'll just read it out loud. For those of you who uh, are listening and not watching, the tweet reads, my wife just stopped and said, you weren't even listening, were you? And I thought, that's a pretty weird way to start a conversation. I still think it's hilarious. Uh, That could be me. That honestly could be me. Um, Can you relate to that? Uh, Not laughing at the tweet over and over again. Obviously, you you can't relate to that. But can you relate to being caught not listening? Or have you been stuck in quarantine at some point during the pandemic with somebody who you have caught not listening? listening. Um, Like I said, my wife, Megan, says this is me at home all of the time. But uh, all jokes aside and and fun stuff, listening is hard. It's definitely not easy. Uh, And most of the time, honestly, it's just more fun to talk than it is to listen. Harvard conducted some study, uh, a research that showed that the same areas in your brain that light up when you eat comfort food like fried chicken and pizza light up when you're talking about yourself in a conversation. The same parts of your brain that's like, oh, junk food light up when you're like, oh, I'm talking to myself. But just like how eating too much junk food can be bad for you, uh, absolutely talking about yourself too much can be bad for you. Um, I also found this. On average, people spend 60% of the conversations that they initiate talking about themselves. So chances are if somebody's initiating a conversation with you, it's going to end up being about them. And that number jumps up, no surprise, to 80% on social media. Now, we've all experienced what it's like to not be heard. And it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's upsetting. It just may, may downright make you mad. But at the same time, there were probably other times this week where you weren't listening, where I wasn't listening. You see, there is a problem with people not listening. And unfortunately, uh, we are part of that problem, even if it is from the rarest of time to times. But I'm guessing that it's not just rare. The good news, though, I mean, great news, really, is that we're not just part of the problem, but that we're actually can be part of the solution if we learn to listen incarnationally. I want us to learn how to listen incarnationally, and I'll explain by what I mean by incarnationally in a moment, but let's talk about the listen part a little bit more. Um, as, as you may or may not know, we are in a part three of a series called Emotionally Healthy Relationships, and our messages, the content within these talks, is based on a book uh, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, in which Pete Scazzaro writes about five relational skills and how these five relational skills um, are imperative to our spiritual development. 
And so we're doing this series because I hope, I hope that by coming together and talking about these things, uh, that at the end, you will love God more as a result. You will love your neighbor, your coworkers, your family, your friends more as a result of these conversations, more than you did before. And it's critical that we do. It's critical that we love people in our lives and that we're continuing to grow in the ways that we love them. Our love isn't stagnant or complacent. Love is growing and and love could also be fading or dying in some cases. Uh, When Jesus was asked, "What, what is the most important commandment in the Bible? He replied with, love God and love your neighbor. It's a passage that many of us, uh, many of you are familiar with. But the part that you may not be familiar with is how he caps off that statement. And he says that everything in the Bible is written about these two commands, helping people love God and love their neighbors better. Therefore, you and I can simply conclude, based on Jesus' assessment of the, what the entire Bible exists for, that the mark of a maturing believer, someone whose faith is growing, The mark of that, the evidence of that, the proof of it is an ever-deepening love of God and other people. And I'll go as far as to say that what I've seen is that the greatest roadblock to people who uh, want to be spiritually mature, who want to spiritually grow, is actually relational immaturity. People who want to be spiritually mature are often relationally immature. When people struggle with their faith, uh, these people tend to be people who also struggle with relationships as well. Not always, but oftentimes. So if you're someone, you're listening, and you want to grow, and it's been a long year in the pandemic and and doing church online and, and all of this, if you're someone who wants to grow in your faith, then this series is absolutely for you if you'll put the content into practice in your life, which I certainly hope that you will. This content does come from the Bible. I want to emphasize that. Central to the biblical text is the importance of listening. In fact, listening is how you and I and every person who has ever lived has come to faith. According to Paul, faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. Paul, when writing the Christians in Rome, says the only reason that you and I and anyone who believes or has faith is by listening, by hearing that gospel message. But it's not just important to listen because it brings us to faith. It's not just we listen, we came to faith, and now we don't have to listen. Listening is written about over 1,500 times in the Old and New Testaments. Over 1,500 times listening is directly talked about. And I think that we would all admit that we have room to grow as listeners. And I want to say that this is especially true for people of faith, for Christians. Now, I don't ever assume that if you're watching or listening that you're a Christian or a believer or that you have all of that figured out. I I never assume that. And those who are here who would identify uh, as someone who is a follower of Jesus have come on very different roads, different backgrounds, different experiences. That's kind of the best part of being uh, a non-denominational church is having an eclectic group of people. But for those of us who are listening today, who are followers of Jesus, Don't you think that it would help our witness if the world thought we were better listeners? If the world was like, you know, those Christians, they listen really well. People who follow Jesus, they're sincerely interested in my world. Man, they're curious and they ask questions. I actually feel like they care about me and and are interested in my life. Could you imagine those compliments and, and what that would do to our faith? That would be awesome. 
But in reality, people aren't complimenting us on our listening skills. They're complaining about our speaking skills, uh, and not really our speaking skills. It's not the quality of what we're saying. It's the quant or the it's the content that's coming out of our mouths. They don't like what we're saying. They don't like how we're saying it. And so it kind of is a double-edged sword here in which we can be better listeners, which is great for our witness, and we can stop talking so much, which at times might be hurting our witness. Um, I read about a story uh, of this New York City couple named Liz and Bill, and um, I, I didn't find out if they were Christians or not. They actually didn't mention it in any of the stories, but this goes to show the point. Uh, they spent months on the streets of New York City doing something a bit wild um, because they thought it would be nice and helpful for their strangers, and this was before COVID. Um, they made a sign that simply read, talk to me. Talk to me. And with their sign in hand, I mean, twelve up to 12 hours a day, they went onto the streets of New York, and whoever came up to them, they would talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. Liz and Bill, they just went with it, and no surprise, or it shouldn't be a surprise, but the response was unreal. Over a few months, Bill and Liz, they met hundreds and hundreds of people willing to talk to them, complete strangers, simply because they said that they would listen. At the end of one of those days, a man ended up talking to them for a few hours and his heart was broken over a girlfriend that he, he wasn't able to get over. And he went to war and time passed by slowly and quickly and he told them how he even thought about killing himself. And that's deep stuff. And like I said, I don't know if these people were Christians, followers of Jesus, doing it because of their faith or not, but... It goes to show the power, doesn't it, of being willing to listen to people. So how much more should we, people of faith, be coming to listen to people? Because, you know, so many people, you, me, our neighbors, friends, coworkers, family members, so many of us just feel alone. So we reach out into the unknown, trying to see, is anybody there? Is somebody there who will listen? Is there someone I can talk to? And perhaps you and I feeling lonely contributes to the problem of us being bad listeners. Perhaps we want to talk because we're so lonely that we're bad listeners, but regardless of why it is that we don't listen well or we don't listen more, it's keeping us apart. And it's keeping other people lonely. And as followers of Jesus and as leaders... We are called to go first as our Messiah went first. So I want to get practical right from the get-go of this today. Would you think about someone in your life right now who feels alone? Think about someone in your life who feels lonely, isolated. Who is someone in your life who needs to talk? Who do you need to to listen to. I pray someone comes to mind. Keep them in mind. We need to listen better. But what do I mean when I say we need to listen incarnationally? Well, incarnation is this Bible word. It's this theology word. And it's actually a really important word. It's central to the story of God. 
If you have a Bible and want to use it, we're going to go to John's Gospel. We're going to go to the first chapter and the first verse of John, in which we read, The Word was first. The Word was present to God. God present to the Word. The Word was God. In readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing, came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life, light, blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness could not put it out. What John, rather who John, is writing about this word, this light, this life, how nothing came out of anything else but him is Jesus. You see, Jesus is eternal. He exists outside of time. There is no time for him. He has always been. He has always existed. He has always pre-existed. He is the incarnate, the bodily form of God's word. And the incarnation is this reference to God coming and becoming like us, coming as a baby. Yes, he existed eternity past. If that's a word or phrase, we can't wrap our minds around it. Because he was present at creation. And I don't know if you, when you read Genesis 1 and you read about in the beginning, God created. I don't know if you think about Jesus, but you should. Because according to John, when we read in the beginning, God spoke and this happened and that happened. John says it was Christ who spoke that into existence. Jesus was God, is God, was present with God, is present with God from the beginning. And then 2,000 years ago, that same presence, that same God becomes flesh and enters into our world. And John continues this time in verse 14. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. God, in his essence, his being, comes into the neighborhood. He leaves the throne of heaven. That is the incarnation and why it is so important to our faith. God is not distant. He is not disconnected. He is not waiting atop some mountain for you and I to figure out a way to get to him. He doesn't even send a prophet to say, this is the way, here's a roadmap. Rather, God himself comes down from heaven and he moves into the neighborhood. He's your next door neighbor. He lives in the same apartment or condo as you. He is at the neighborhood association meetings. He is with us. That is the incarnation. And Jesus knows what it's like to be a human because he was fully human. For those of you who were with us last week, you'll remember me talking about how God was, or Jesus was fully God and fully human. Not half God, not half human, not God just wearing some sort of a skin suit, not God who appeared as a human, but was fully human as well as fully God. And that is the incarnation. And he experienced joy and sadness and anger and anxiety, just like you and I do, because he was fully human. The incarnation is what makes Christ relatable to us because he knows what it's like to be us. 
And there are parallels then to the incarnation and how we should listen. We can actually learn about listening by the way Jesus lived. First off, Jesus left his world. That's what the incarnation means is that he left his world. Jesus could have remained where he was. Nobody forced him to come into the world. But he chose to to give up all of his rights, all of his privileges. And he came in the form, not as a conquering king, but as a helpless baby. He made that choice. And it was a selfless choice. Giving up what rightfully belonged to him, what was rightfully his, so that he could better identify with you and I. And like Jesus, when we listen, we need to leave our world. We need to leave the comfort of our own thoughts, our own headspace, our own opinions to open ourselves up and to enter and to leave our own world. And how we do that is by just beginning to take off the focus from ourselves, to not be the 60 or the 80% who's, who's starting a conversation just to talk about ourselves, but to start a conversation to leave our world and to know other people. People are offering emotional bits about themselves for connection all the time. And you and I have the opportunity to be like Jesus and to leave our world to be with them. Jesus didn't just leave his world, right? He, He came into ours. He entered into the world by experiencing everything it meant to be human. And so he was close enough to listen. I think of all of the stories in the Gospels that we hear about time after time with Jesus just spending time with his disciples. He was just with them. They traveled together. They ate together. They laughed together. They cried together. They got angry at each other. And in those stories, Jesus is just fully present in our world. Jesus took the time to be interrupted and gave his full attention to people. The sinless son of God was never too busy for the average Joe. And when we listen, we need to be like Jesus, not just leaving our world, but entering into someone else's. We need to give people when we're listening our full undivided attention. We need to listen empathetically. We need to step into their shoes and try to feel what they're feeling. We definitely need to avoid judging them or trying to interpret what they're saying. And we need to reflect back, speak back what you're hearing people say as accurately as you can to confirm it. Did I step into your world correctly? So we need to leave our world. We need to enter into other people's world like Jesus did in the incarnation. But that doesn't mean we stop being ourselves. Jesus didn't stop being himself. He does become one of us, but he never ceased to become, ceased being fully God. He never ceased being fully God. He held on to that divine status, fully God, fully human. He was tempted, but he remained sinless. He remained fully God and fully man. There was no compromise of his divine status. And when we listen, when you and I listen, when we leave our world and enter into someone else's world, we do not need to compromise which seems to be kind of a myth or a lie that we believe that we think that if we're listening to somebody else with a different religious belief or different political ideologies, that if we're not interjecting and putting in our opinion that our silence is somehow agreeing with them or our silence is somehow uh, approving what they're saying, and that is not always the case. When that is always the case, we just end up not listening 
at all, altogether. And that is the tragedy of so many relationships in the year 2021. It's the reason that our world, why our communities, why our families are so divided and polarized is because we've become so quick to dismiss. We think that we already know what the person is going to say, what they believe, and we already are speak, we're listening so we can interject our opinions. And when we do this, we miss an opportunity to listen well. We miss an opportunity to love well. We need to enter into people's world, and because we're listening, it, it doesn't mean that we're compromising who we are. Jesus also lived between two worlds. While on earth, Jesus lived in the tension of this world and the next. And he would often remind his followers, and as we read the New Testament, we read that Jesus talks about how temporary this life is, how this life is soon going to pass, how the kingdom of God is eternal, how the kingdom of heaven is near. And, and the second coming is a very large theme in the entire New Testament. But he didn't devalue the presence either, the present either. He didn't devalue the importance of being in the moment right now. He didn't devalue being alive. And when you and I listen like Jesus, we need to live in the tension of two worlds. We do have different perspectives. We do have different opinions on how problems should be solved. And we have to manage the tension. We have to live between the two worlds when we're talking with someone who has different political views than us. We have people who have different views about marriage or family than us, different theological perspectives. We need to live in the tension of leaving our world, entering theirs, not compromising, but also living in that tension. And what if we did that? I think we avoid it. Honestly, I think that we avoid it a lot of times. But what if instead of avoiding it, we lived in that tension? And we began to see the tension not as an obstacle to be avoided, but rather an opportunity to love people. As we listen incarnationally the way that Jesus did, we will make a priority of loving them well like Jesus loves us. Go back to that person who I asked you to think about earlier. The person who is lonely, isolated, um, wants someone to talk to, needs someone to listen to them. Maybe in this moment, whether you're listening, watching, whenever, maybe in this moment, God has brought someone to your mind Then this last uh, few minutes that we've had together. Who do you need to listen to? Who is that person? Who's put out an emotional bid for connection? Who have you possibly dismissed too quickly because of a, you guys have different perspectives on things? Is it, a different, is it a person who is a different race, ethnicity? Someone who has different religious views? Who is it? For me personally, this last year, the last couple of years, honestly, I feel like I have not done a good job listening to people who don't look like me. That's something that I would have thought I've always valued. I would, have, I would tell you that now that I feel like I've always valued that. I feel like I've, I've always um, wanted to learn and work for equality and a more inclusive and equitable society. But I really challenged that. I looked at my friends and they all kind of looked like me. And so I started reading books, listening to podcasts by black authors and content curators and as I listened to that, I began to learn. I became more self-aware. And as I did that, I began to meet more friends who didn't look like me. I began to understand. I began to 
listen. I began to take my cues. A lot of us signed up for the Nehemiah um, U.S. Black History course for today. And that's a process of, of listening to people and to listening to a history that many of us didn't know about. The Madison Church leadership team attended a Kingdom Justice Summit in which all of the speakers were black or brown communicators and leaders in Madison. Again, we just, we listened. And I continue to read books and listen to podcasts because I want to continue to fight for justice and healing and unity between people. But I need to listen. I need to listen incarnationally. And that does require that I leave my privileged world and enter into someone else's world who is less privileged and to just listen. But to also live in that tension between what they're describing is their reality and that tension of how I can't always relate to that, but how I know I want to be a good ally. What is it in your life? Is it a subject, a topic? Who is it as a person? The challenge this week is simple. Would you just reach out to them? Would you go out for coffee? You can be outside now. It's nice and warm. Go a meal. Um, there's ways to do this safely, to get together with someone, even if it's a FaceTime or a Zoom or a phone call, to just begin to talk to someone. And then, most importantly, listen to them. The invitation for us today is to join Jesus in bringing healing to the world by listening incarnationally to join him in entering into the pain and suffering of this world. There are so many people around us who are going through something and we can be able to help them. And there is no force more powerful than love. We can communicate that love by the way that we listen. Loving God and loving others are absolutely connected to our spiritual health. We can't love God. We can't love other people well if we do not listen well. But if we can learn to listen well, and you can learn to listen well, you can get better at listening, we can learn to love better as well. David Osberger said this. He says, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. That being heard and being loved for the average person, is just it, it's indistinguishable. We, we don't know. When we're being listened to, we feel loved. What would your relationships look like if you listened to communicate love? What if you showed the love of God to the people around you by how you listened? What would happen in your families, in your neighborhoods, and your workplaces if you listened incarnationally? What would happen for the people in your life who are crying out for love, who feel alone in the darkness, if you were slower to speak and quicker to listen? And imagine if we, if you and I and all of us together, imagine if we as a community of faith became known as a people who listen well in Madison and in Dane County. Imagine that we were people, rather than being consumed by the desire to speak, quickly speak our minds or to let our opinions be known. Imagine if we were consumed with the desire to listen and understand people. Imagine the hope and healing that we could bring, not by doing a ton of things or volunteering a ton of hours or giving away a ton of money, but just by listening. Imagine all the people we would reach who would find God, who would connect with God and each other if we would do that.
Can we commit to listening well so that we can love well? And may we do both well.